Welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast with Brian Moran. Now, here's your host, Brian Moran. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Small Business Edge Podcast. Our guest today, Sean Hines, Managing Director at Ernst & Young. He is joining me to talk about successful leadership styles in 2024, based on his 25 to 30 years of experience running teams and, and being a successful leader. With that, I want to welcome to the Small Business Edge Podcast, Sean Hines. Welcome. Hey, Brian. Thanks very much. It's great to be with you today. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you could come on. You know, I read something you posted on LinkedIn, which really sparked my curiosity. It was an article that was on your profile, and it referenced something called Tell, Ask, Act. You were, you were talking about all, over the years, you know, employees wondering why they weren't getting a promotion, a promotion or a raise or different opportunities. And you were telling them this is what they needed to do in order to speak up for themselves. I love the idea of it, you know, because it's a fine line, right, between, you know, being too boastful about yourself, but, but you know, you don't ask, you don't get. So tell us a little bit about how you came up with this tell, ask, act model. Yeah, it's um, to, your, to your point about, you know, the balance between not coming across as a braggart, but, but, but also at the same time you know, speaking up for yourself. And as you say, throughout my career, it, you know, I've had circumstances where folks have come to me and said, you know, I thought I was getting promoted. I thought I was going to get this pay raise. I thought, I thought, I thought. And I said, well, you know, have you ever, you know, do you have these conversations with your leaders? And they could be your manager, your leader, or mentor. Um, and, and in consulting, it, you also have a counselor who kind of looks after, you know, your day-to-day and your career as a whole. Mm-hmm. So, the model really is it's a circular model, you know, you know, tell your leader what you've been up to, right? Um, this is how I've been producing on a particular engagement or a particular assignment. Um, I've been getting involved in extracurricular activities um, like, you know, programs around, you know, diversity, equity and inclusiveness programs um, to help people to give people a sense of belonging, or I've been involved in some community service type things. And, and so, so, so tell your leader what you've been up to and then ask them, you know, it, you know, it, it, is there anything else I should be doing? Uh, am I getting anything wrong? And be open to feedback. You know, um, you know, I've had examples in my career where you get feedback or performance evaluations and, you know, it, mi- it might all be good except for one sentence. And the only thing you're, you're focused on is the negative. But be open to the feedback. Right. So you ask, what else could I be doing? And based upon that feedback, you know, uh, be open to it and then act on that feedback. Take the advice from your leadership after you tell them what you've been doing, ask what, you know, what else you should be doing and then act on it. And then the reason why, obviously, it's a circular model is, you know, a month or two, go back to that leader or leaders and say, hey, I heard your feedback. These are the things I've been doing to kind of course correct. Mm-hmm. Um how am I doing? So it's an ongoing circular model, ongoing circular relationship with leadership. And and one other thing that I'll say, Brian, um, is, you know, it, it it sends a profound message to leadership that you've heard them mm-hmm. and you've acted on um, what, you know, what they've told you. And think about, you know, and I tell them, think about, you know, um, how impactful it is as a leader to hear that individuals you're providing advice to are hearing what you're saying and they're acting on advice. 
that in itself can be a very profound message that you care. Can you reverse engineer that so that the leader goes to his or her team and says, hey, I want you to know that I hear you and and that that, you know, here's what I'm doing that you might not see. So here's, you know, I'm telling you what I'm doing for the group and then for you individually. And then I'm going to ask you what I can do more of. And then I'll show you how I, I act on. I think you, I think you can. And, and uh, you know, that's kind of um, I kind of put that, you know, in, in the realm of uh, servant leadership, mm-hmm. um, compassionate leadership, um, empathetic leadership. Um, so I, I do think I do think it can be reverse engineered. And I think that would be kind of an ongoing uh, relationship between, you know, a leader and, and, and staff. I, I can see where that works in a perfect world. Since COVID, it's like, uh, you know, everything got flipped upside down, right? right? And people are, str- are still trying to figure out their company's culture. They're trying to figure out the relationship with customers and the whole new world nuances. Is the art of communication, as it suffered as a result between leaders and their teams? Because some are hybrid, some are remote. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think I think a couple of things. That's, that's a really good point, obviously. We've never seen anything like it. Um, I remember, um, you know, March of 2020, um, you know, went from being in the office five days a week to everybody's working remote until, you know, the, the, the country and the world gets this thing under control. Now we're, we're in a situation where um, I think most companies for now have bought into a hybrid model. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some companies more strict, right? Five days a week. And uh, some companies continue to uh, offer uh, remote work. I do think, though, that particular, particularly um, some, some, some of the younger generation, people starting, you know, um, their career, you know, during COVID, maybe right after COVID, um, where a lot of offices still will close, um, they may not have seen the benefit of some of the ancillary benefits of being in the office. So it's not just, mm-hmm. you know, in industry, you know, delivering for for clients and and um, the business and, and and making sure that um, you know protocols and controls were in place to keep the regulators happy. And in, in, uh, in consulting, you know, it was about you know making sure you were doing well on your engagement. So I think what what business leaders saw was, you know, the old days, you know, was you come into the office five days a week, um, right. Hybrid model does work as well, but it it has to be though, and and continuing to influence folks and have them understand the benefits of being in the office. It's not just about client delivery, um, business delivery. It's also about, building your own career and building your own careers, as, as, as you know, is, you know, networking, learning is always much better in person and communication, you know, is, is almost, be- is always better face to face, you know, the, in the world of Microsoft teams, even if, even if you have Microsoft teams calls, the majority of folks are not getting off, are, are staying off camera. And, yeah. um, you might as well have, you know, uh, you might as well have phone calls because Microsoft team doesn't, you know, you don't get that benefit. Right. Right. So within staying kind of within that 
framework of the hybrid model or even the remote model? You know, I know you done, you've done quite a bit of work in, in diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, how is that doing in a post-pandemic world? You know, with you know, because part of that is is you're trying to bring these values into your team. Is is it is it something that's easier to address or harder to address in in that hybrid model? So, you know, during um, you can do it, and and I think you know. Um, look, culture is, is critically important, obviously, in all companies. And, you know, while, yes, you know, we, we, we get paid to do what we do and, and, and that's why we do it. Um, um, but, you know, it, it's so much more than just a, a compensation package. It's you want to feel when you come to the office virtually or, virtually or otherwise that you, um, you know, have a culture where you can speak your own mind. You have a sense of belonging. You, know, you have a sense of the company you work for cares about what you do. And part of that is, you know, servant leadership, empathetic leadership, compassion leadership, um, feeling a sense of accountability and responsibility. But it's also a culture of understanding that, you know, diversity uh, is our strength and our strength is our diversity, the diversity of opinions diversity of culture. Um, those are some of the, you know, those are the things that, you know, give people the sense that what they're saying, what they're suggesting um, is, is taken seriously. And, yeah. and, and if you just get kind of lip service, you know, that's not a, that's not a good culture to have. If you have a, um, a culture of, uh, you know, a, a charitable spirit of uh, going into the communities and doing good things, um, well, that 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 adds to uh, individuals' morale. So, you know, during the during the um, uh, during the COVID, you know, the heart of COVID, you know, I would say it was a little bit more difficult to do some of the DNI and uh, community type stuff. Obviously, um, as we as we encourage folks to come back into the office again, whether it's industry or consulting, um, DNI and 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 um, and community service are. Are, um, are terrific programs that help influence people back. And once they're back, um, they get that sense of community within the office. Yeah. It, it's funny. I, I like to say, you know, leadership, you know, means collaboration, but it's not a democracy, at least from a lot of my listeners in that, in that small to business marketplace. There's a sense of hierarchy, you know, in the end, you know, the business owner is the leader and then he and her will make the final decision. You may not always like it, but you, you should respect it. You know, it's their it's their company. They're going to do what they do. And as you as the businesses grow and you get into different departments, there is a hierarchy to that. And I I think that, you know, part of it is people feel like personally disrespected when they give a recommendation or advice to a team leader and the, the team leader doesn't follow through on that. Like there's a, you have to understand that, you know, as long as you, they listen to you, they heard your recommendation, even if they go in a different direction, okay, you were heard. You can't take that personally. How, how does a leader, how does a good leader encourage collaboration with the understanding that you're not always going to get what you want? Uh, I think it's trust. You know, I think trust it's is a great, great point. Go ahead. 
yeah, it's, uh, um, I think, I think it's trust. I think it's, it's, I think it's integrity. I think it's, you know, establishing a direction, uh, for the team. You know, it's interesting, Brian, when, um, when I, um, I relocated from New York down to Jacksonville, uh, at the time I was working for Deutsche Bank, I worked for Deutsche Bank for over 15 years and, um, I got an opportunity to relocate with my family um, for a bigger role, but also a, um, an environment where I felt it was going to give us a, a better quality of life. Uh, for example, not having to deal with a commute an hour and a half each way anymore. But I remember, um, you know, the role was meaty enough for me where it was managing a number of operations teams uh, with the bank in Jacksonville. And, um, you know, I met my new management team. And, you know, we did a social, but one of our first, you know, sit down meetings, the first thing I said to them was, folks, if you're looking at me for all of the answers, we're going to be an abysmal failure. We have to establish a relationship as a management team, as a leadership team. We're all free to, to offer opinions. We can debate issues. And, uh, and yes, at the end of the day, there are going to be times, decisions that have to be made that you may not necessarily agree with. Mm -hmm. um, but as long as I explain it and as long as, um, you know, they understand it and, you know, sometimes you have to ask a number of times, do you understand why we have to do this? Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think with that trust and with that integrity, that allows the machine to go forward. I've never enjoyed working for micromanagers, like, you know, the micromanagers who you go, you go to for an idea and you say, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And they'll say, I like X, I like Y, but I don't like Z, work on Z. And then a week later, I've worked on Z and now they don't like X, right? Yeah. I would, I would, once you build the trust mm -hmm. and, 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 and folks understand that, you know, there, there are times when you're going to have to make a decision that they don't necessarily agree with. At the end of the day, as a leader, I feel like you, you have to let your folks fail. You have to let them come up with their own ideas and learn from their mistakes. And they know that you always have their back. So how would you describe your leadership style? Uh, collaborative, a sense of trust, giving folks accountability and responsibility, um, trust, but confirm. Right. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's Ronald Reagan. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, I was going to, I was going to give credit to Mr. Uh, President Reagan. Um, yeah. But it, but it's definitely not a definitely not a, a micromanager. I would say more a macro manager, where um, you know almost you know the the expression you manage yourself out of jobs. Like I, yeah. I you know, I, yourself out of a job. I I want people to feel like that they're um, um, you know they have full reign to make their own call and build a trust where before they make that call and if, and if it's going to be you know you know, a controversial decision that they're always going to run it by me. Yeah. Um, but I, but I, I try to build the trust, uh, Brian, and, 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 and have that comfort level. The other thing I'll say, one other thing is getting back to, you know, um, you know, having a diverse management team, right. And, and having, you know, uh, men and women, different cultures, different races and different experiences and, and bringing that, you know, uh, diverse group together because the, the more you the, the more diverse you are as an institution and as the leadership team the better decisions you make there's no doubt
I agree. If everybody looks and acts and sounds the same in the room, you get like a 90 degree view of your world. As you start to diversify, it goes to 180 and then ultimately it's 360 degrees. You get a 360 degree view of your world. And so people will see and hear things that you just don't hear and see, and they'll come up with answers and, and, options for you. So uh, we're 100% on the same page with that. And I love that. And, and it, Brian, yeah. having people challenge you as a leader, right? And yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that That's a great point. Do, do your do your teams challenge you? Uh, uh, almost too often. <laughs> <laughs> but who was it? Steve Jobs said, hire smarter people than you and you'll be a success, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's right. He's right. But you know, you you hit on trust. Trust to me is the single most important word in business. It, but it takes. But the thing is, it takes years to develop. You, you know, to trust somebody, and I'm not talking about unconditional trust. I'm talking about like on, on a scale from one to five. That's in that three to four range. I don't trust you with my life, but I trust you with my career. And that, to me, is whether you are the leader. And you're, you're giving people the freedom to essentially fail. And, and for my listeners, that means fail on your dime. You know, this is this is the, the, the money that you put into your business to grow your business. You realize you can't do it on your own. And so I'm going to hire people who are smarter than me in certain areas. And I'm going to ask them to work on my behalf to grow my business. Um, boy, if they fail, it's, it's, it could mean your business. You're right. You're right. Um, it's 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 a it's a really good point. You know, I think about um, I think we're both Bruce Springsteen fans. And yeah. uh, one of the things that he had said years ago was when he he was working clubs in you know, Asbury Park. And, you know, he had that connection with with uh, with his fans. And when he got to stadiums, you know, it was it was difficult to break down that barrier between, you know, the leader, I guess, the superstar and. And his fans, you know, in this analogy, the staff, I think it's really important in, in any type of business is to, while yes, you know, you know, Brian Moran, CEO of a company, you know, um, you know, he as a leader has to make certain decisions. It's his business. And and if he doesn't set the right strategic leadership and, and have un- folks understand why, then he's he's in that you're in that space for a reason. If you don't, though set an environment and a culture where folks feel free to tell you you're, you know, full of baloney and, and have other ways of doing things with the sole objective yeah. is to make that business successful. Well, then you, all you have is the leader making all the decisions. And I, and I don't think that's, I don't think that's been successful over the years. It's funny. You mentioned Matt Doherty earlier. Um, I had him on a different podcast. It was a podcast. We do children's fairy tales. We t- apply the lessons to doing business today. And we discussed the emperor's new clothes. And the theme was truth tellers in your business. You know, the, the person who's going to tell you, hey, boss, you're walking around naked, right? And 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 telling them what they need to hear, not that what they want to hear. That takes that, that takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of trust because you can get fired for that. Uh, you can create a lot of animosity for that, you know, who are you to say what is the truth and what is not, right? So, but you know that in the end, that sort of relationship is what great companies have. 
right? You look at some of the greatest companies, the ones that have the best company culture where people will run through walls for each other. You know, that whole idea that I'll do everything but run through this wall for you. Now, it, it, it's getting the person who says, I trust you enough that if I do this, I'll come out okay on the other side. Like, we'll be able to achieve our goals. That's right. And, you know, I, I like to say, you know, I'll go to a leader and say, you know, I'd like to do this. And they'd say, I don't, it's not a good idea. But in my mind, it is a good idea. So I'll go with second time, right? I always say it's like, I can go to, I can go to a leader three times. And after, after the third time, he or she says, we're not doing it. Then I'm like, okay, that's fine. But yeah. you know, the, it, it's, it's, it's a trust thing. It's, it's, it's a respect thing. And, and yes, that does take some time. One of the things that I would recommend to your um, listeners, Brian, is, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big, uh, you know, Seinfeld fan and, you know, the show about nothing and yeah. you know, too, too often meetings, you know, it has to be a half an hour. It has to be an hour. Um, there has to be a, a strict agenda and there has to be follow-up. What I try to build trust, um, you know, over my career is I have these one-on-ones, 10-minute meetings about nothing. And it's a, it's it's with as many people as I can meet as I can meet with during the course of the week. I try to do 10 to 15 a week. And and the meetings literally about nothing. It's how are you, how are things going? And and then it kind of those meetings take a path of their own, whether they want to talk about, you know, a particular business issue, they want to talk about a personal issue. Um, it allows for 10 minutes, sometimes 15 minutes, where there are no ranks, there are no titles. It's just two people having a conversation, right? At the end of the day, too often, folks get caught up with, you know, Brian Moran, CEO, Sean Hines, managing director. Get rid of those titles yeah. and just have two two people as human beings talking to each other about what's important. And you learn so much from each other. And I have these conversations, whether it's my peers, people right out of school, and now you've established a culture where people feel that their opinions matter, their suggestions matter. And I don't care if, if if Sean Hines has been a leader for 30 years and he's had this, he has this fancy title next to him. I feel I can go to him um, when I have a suggestion or an, an idea of a concern. And, and it spawns many, many times, Brian, from these meetings about nothing. There is, uh, I get a lot of feedback on these questions about leadership and some of the concerns that our listeners have, again, owners of small and mid-sized companies, is that, you know, that holistic approach to leadership, you know, like uh, like caring for the whole employee can, can oftentimes open Pandora's box, you know, where, okay, you know, where you strip away the titles and then we start talking and all of a sudden it's almost, it becomes like a therapy session, you know, so you go down this rabbit hole. Now, you can't dip your toe into something like that when somebody you know shares something personal with you. But the the fear is that it becomes this runaway train where all of a sudden we take our eye off of what we do, you know, providing products and services to people or companies, uh, and and it becomes like one big therapy group. How do you set the parameters for something like that? Like being a good leader, like if somebody has a problem. And they need to talk about it. And they come to you. Do you say, like, do you say, hey, listen, you know, I respect you coming to me. 
Um, this is probably not something that I can handle in this within this framework, but I can suggest people that you go to. H- how do you do that delicately without losing their trust? Because now they trust you and they share something with you, but you feel like mm, we've gone beyond the professional team relationship. Yeah, I think, look, I, I think it's honesty. It's, and I think that adds to the trust factor. You know, it's, you're not going to sit there for an hour and a half and, and, you know, pretend you're a therapist or a counselor where you can, you can help someone's personal life. I think, you know, you know, having folks knowing that you are there to invest in them and whether, you know, sometimes there's that, that, right, that, that, obviously that overlap right between personal professional life and you learn so much in your personal life that translates in the professional and vice versa. But when it gets to a point where it's, it's out of your league respectfully say, look, you know, this isn't something I could, I could help you with. I heard you. And here are some resources you can go to. So big companies you can go to, whether it be human resources, talent, um, they have programs, you know, um, counseling services and some of these bigger companies. Um, so yeah, you give them, you give them the resources that they have at their disposal. Um, but I, but I think being honest with them and, and look, it, it, again, it goes back to trust. Yeah. And if, if folks feel like you're just sitting there and listening to them, but you have no interest in acting on suggestions, concerns, their concerns, or issues, that's, you know, that's worse than they didn't ask you at all. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. you, you have to follow up is a key thing. I agree. And I think as a leader, you have to be aware that those questions and situations might come up. Um, all right. I want to pivot slightly to talk about your dad. So your dad, Charles Joe Hines, he was a longtime prosecutor, a longtime Brooklyn district attorney, and really a beloved leader in his community. And he passed away in was it 2019, 2018, yes, 2018. And uh, I remember attending his funeral services. And the fact that they had to have it in, what, two or three different buildings because of the yes. overflow of people. It was such a beautiful moment, really. So many people. And as you said, you know, there were dignitaries and leaders from all over the New York, the five boroughs. And um, but they, they were just people there, you know, you know, paying their respects to a great man. What kind of influence did he have on your perspectives about leadership? Yeah, thanks, Brian. Yeah, he was he was a, he was a great man. And, and you know, it's funny. It's uh, uh, you tend not to you tend not to appreciate folks sometimes you know during their living years and like i look back you know four years removed from his passing and i'm like well i didn't i didn't appreciate this about him actually monday is his uh uh will be will be five years since he passed away and i think sometimes you know uh, i didn't understand him as a dad and and maybe at times you know some of the decisions he made as as a leader in, in uh, as a da I would say two things that I that I three things I learned from one was you know always have a um, a diverse team around you. So when he got when he became DA, he he understood why it was important to bring people of color, women, other cultures onto his leadership team, whether it be his core team or leaders of various um, uh, bureaus within the DA's office. Um, and he he taught me about 
the value of diversity of opinions, what we look like, where we're from, different yeah. experiences we have. So, so, so I get that, and that made a lot of sense to me, um, and that's helped me throughout my career. The other thing he said, look, life's going to be terrible at times, and you know, whoever's in charge, you know, is going to give you a hard time, and and um, you know, go back to your go back to your people, go back to your staff. Um, get energy out of them. Remember why you're here. Remember the position you were put in and why you were put in those that position. And uh, you know, if, if your boss is you know not giving you you know uh, a fair shake at times, you know, go back to your team and and uh, they'll make you feel better and you can grab energy off them. And the third thing he said, and this is funny. I, I joke around with my uh, my brothers sometimes about this. Is I felt like he had the greatest success in his career when he had his leadership team that were closest to him who were telling he was full of baloney and times when he kind of veered off in my opinion was, you know, the leadership team were a little afraid of him, and, you know, and, and, um, you know, uh, I guess we're yes people to him. Um, he might, he might disagree with that, but that was kind of things that I saw over the years. His greatest successes were when he had people telling he was full of baloney. Um, and uh, so I, I would say those are the three things that I learned from Brian. That's awesome. I love the, the truth teller part with the full of baloney truth teller. That is so that is so important. So are those now what are you passing on to your sons when you have conversations with them now? They're they're high school and college age, right? Are you cognizant of the conversations you're having with them, that you're planting seeds, leadership seeds in them today that they will remember you know, 10, 15 years from now? I do. I mean, I, you know, I, I talk them through my career and, you know, sometimes when junior folks kind of see the, you know, the um, position I'm in and what my title is. And, you know, a lot of folks think, you know, it's, it, it, it was a linear, you know, uh, rise to the top without without bumps and bruises along the way. And, you know, I tell my kids all the time, like, you know, you might see me in a particular position, a particular role, um, you know, getting certain accolades. And I said, you know, you know, uh, whatever success, whatever success I've had throughout my career has been due to some of the failures that uh, that I've had throughout my career. And just like in personal professional life, right, you yeah. Um, preaching to the choir, you you get better as a person and as a leader um, by getting by overcoming s- some of those challenges um, that you face. And I talked to him about you know hiring people who are smarter than you. I talked to him about you know being being open to feedback and being open to you know cutting down the distance between hierarchy. And then the other thing, Brian, we we, we were talking before about D and I is. You know, during one of the um, awful racial racial uh, incidents a few years ago in Minnesota, I said to him, I said to my boys, we're in a car coming back from a jumbo shrimp minor league baseball game here in Jacksonville. I said, guys, you're never you're likely never going to face discrimination ever in your lives. You're you're four white boys, and you're not you're not going to face discrimination like you know a lot of lot of other folks in this in this. Um, world and and be cognizant about that and understand that and understand that there are people who work on my team um, uh, of of African descent who do not violate any traffic laws, you know, because they're afraid to get pulled over. And and whether whether that's real or perception, it doesn't matter. 
that's how they feel because they've seen things like that happen happen in their community. So I try to bring to them a sense of why diversity is important because you understand some of the challenges people go through. And at the same time, I also talk to them about, you know, it's okay to be the smartest person in the room, but don't show people you're the smartest in the, in the room. Um, being be, be open to people who are going to offer differing opinions and be and 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 take that feedback. I love it that you were talking about unconscious bias, right? About never having to to fear that overcome your unconscious bias. That you know, try and see things from from other people's perspectives. That's a great point. Uh, all right, I'm going to put you on the hot seat because we're we're in the home stretch here. Um, you you mentioned failures. Is there a failure in, in, in your career that sticks out that that where you learned your greatest lesson from that you want to talk about? I have failures yeah, I, that I never want to talk about, but. Yeah, look, I, um, you know, I was, you know, throughout my career, psychology major, went to law school, um, probably with a little help from my dad. It was an adjunct professor at St. John's Law. I went there almost failed out of law school because I was immature and just, you know, um, didn't understand how important it was. And, you know, looking back, Brian, I'm like, well, my dad was like a, a big shot in that law school. And I, how, how I must've humiliated him when I was getting all of these, you know, terrible grades, um, in politics for years, you know, uh, running campaigns and losing more than I've won. Um, so I guess those were, failures on my part, you know, as a person and as a, as a professional. Um, but what I learned from it all was, you know, was I enjoyed working with people throughout my career, particularly the last 20 years and explaining to people that it's okay to fail. It's okay yeah. to be immature. The question, the, 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 the important thing is, is understanding that whether it's your personal life or professional life, you know, you are going to experience the lows. Everybody's going to experience Absolutely. the lows. And, you know, as as our friend Bruce Springsteen said, you know, hard times come and hard times go, right? Um, and understanding that you just keep punching and keep going through it. And and as you go through it, you're going to get stronger be- because of it. Um, an old friend of mine, um, Joe Rosa, I, I called him one, one day and I said, look, I know you're going through a lot of stuff, you know. His wife had a, an illness. You know, his son has been has has two of his sons had struggles. And I called him and I said, look, you know, with, with tears in my eyes, I said, you know, I don't think about this enough, but I know you're going through some struggles. Um, is there anything I can do to help you? And he's, he said something that I'll never forget. He said, ah, everybody's got something. And 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 and, and it's true. Um, yeah. But it, but it's a, it's the, the way to deal with those challenges get through those challenges and you'll be, you'll be tougher because of it and you'll be better because of it. Great advice. Great advice. All right. Give me one or two or even three leaders that you respect. Like first people who come to mind, great leaders. Uh, The two leaders that come to mind off the bat are Martin Luther King and Mario Cuomo. Interesting. Wow. Martin Luther King is on mine. I always say Martin Luther King, Abraham Lincoln, Mother Teresa. I like the Mother Teresa. She'll be my third. Yeah. I mean, and different leadership styles, right? But all were incredibly successful as servant leaders. So I like that. All right. We're done. This was fantastic. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. I could talk about these leadership things 
all day long. You know, the work that you do um, for small business is is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I looked at I look at your LinkedIn post all the time. They're, they're absolutely fantastic. Your podcast is terrific. You know, what you do, what you do is really important. I appreciate that, Sean. Did I send you your $20, by the way, for <laughs> PR? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. You know what? This is a labor of love for me. It, it really is. I do get I do get some great feedback. I get suggestions. I get a lot of, uh, of requests, though, from my listeners about leadership. So I think you were spot on with the with what they were looking for. So and we'll have you back on. We we do talk a lot about leadership. Maybe I'll have you on with Matt Doherty. We'll do a little roundtable about That'd about great. about That'd leadership. Great. We have to kick his butt. In, in okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Sean Hines. Thank you so much for joining the Small Business Edge podcast this week, talking to us about management styles, your management styles, and the importance of diversity and equity and inclusion in in your teams. And, and I couldn't agree with you more. And to my listeners, as I said, thank you everybody for your feedback, your suggestions, and your, your comments. They are all greatly appreciated. Be, please be my truth tellers. So send me a comment, brian at smallbusinessedge.com. And uh, I will see you next week on another episode of the Small Business Edge podcast. Have a great day, everybody. You've been listening to the Small Business Edge podcast with Brian Moran. Please visit our website, smallbusinessedge.com, for a listing of future podcasts.